TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. The Giants, they win 14 to 7 over the Washington Commanders. The defense looked terrific. Special teams, they still have no punt returner. And the offense, well, it looked functional with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, with Saquon Barkley back, with Justin Pugh and Tyree Phillips at tackle. And after the game, when Giants head coach Brian Dable was asked if there, if Tyrod Taylor had made a case to start when Daniel Jones came back, Dable wouldn't answer that question directly. He said his response was, I'll just say Tyrod had a good game this game. He's a true pro, and I'm glad we got him. So, to talk about the Giants, to break it down, is there a quarterback controversy? We bring in Nick Filato. He is co-host of Big Blue Banter podcast. If you like X's and O's, they break down a lot of it. Writes for Sports Illustrated. Um, hey, Nick, how are you? Welcome to the program. Lori, thank you so much for having me. And Hey, we get to celebrate a Giants win, right? <laughs> yep, the Giants. The season, definitely on life support if you uh, wanted any hope of postseason. But here they find themselves only a game and a half out of a wild card. As bad as they've been, it really is a year where there, you know, there's more, obviously, uh, playoff teams now and a lot of mediocrity or you know kind of poor teams out there but let's start with the quarterback situation right now and I'm sure you saw the same comments I did from Brian Dable after the game so uh, you know as you analyze both of the plays how you know as somebody and I know you are somebody who really does uh, you know look at the X's and O's is the is Tyrod Taylor playing better in this offense than Daniel Jones, or is it impossible to say with them getting back a with the, all the other factors like a Saquon Barkley coming back? There are so many variables as to why I believe Tyrod Taylor is keeping this offense, as you said, leading up to this segment, functional. Right now, I think getting Saquon Barkley back is one of the primary reasons also I think the offensive line is a little bit more stable Mm -hmm. the last time we saw Daniel Jones who was probably playing a little bit while he was injured the offense was not functional and he was shell-shocked from all of the games of him just getting battered and beaten by a bad offensive line and when you look at Tyrod Taylor right now he's just keeping this offense on script 
He's getting them into third and manageable situations. When the pocket is starting to falter and starting to crumble a little bit, he has answers. And that's one of the things that Daniel Jones, the last time we saw him, he did not have the answers. He was evading pockets when he really didn't have to, when the pressure was picked up by the offensive line. Tyrod's not doing, doing that. Tyrod right now, how he's able to navigate the pocket, how he's able to punish defenses when they want to rotate a safety down into the box to take advantage of one-on-one matchups outside, to whether it be Darius Slayton last week on the slot phase or Jalen Hyatt this week, it's giving the Giants an explosive element that they so desperately lacked in the previous six games or the previous five games before Tyrod came in. Now you mentioned Jalen Hyatt, so let's just go there. and we can, We'll go back to the quarterback, the offensive line, and all of that in a moment. But Jalen Hyatt, we all saw him in the preseason and how exciting and explosive he looked. And then we get to the regular season, and I understand with Daniel Jones and the way the offensive line looked, but it just seems like the Giants have decided that Jalen Hyatt can run a go route and is fast, and we're going to let him run down the field. From what you saw of him in college and what you've seen of him, what is his route tree? I mean, can't they use him? You know, I don't know on on shorter throws, on mid, you know, mid level. Like, how how extensive is his route tree as a receiver? Right now, they're comfortable using him on those deep over routes and basically as a vertical stretcher. We saw in the preseason him running air raid concepts like the backside X, just running a drag route under three and from a three by one set with three routes clearing out space. We haven't seen that much in this in the uh, during the regular season. I believe he can do it, but I think the way Brian Dable has this offense uh, tailored to the to the wide receivers, they all have specific routes. They all have specific responsibilities. Jalen Hyatt is speed right now and what the Giants want to do is to prevent defenses from loading the box from gapping themselves out and from being basically plus one in the box having an extra defender that the Giants can't block and if you watch that first explosive play to Jalen Hyatt the 33 yard one Tyrod Taylor did a great job seeing the safety to to Jalen Hyatt's side rotate down right before the snap that confirmed a one-on-one matchup but then on the drop back Tyrod looks to the opposite side to keep the post, the deep middle of the field close safety, going to the left. Keep him in the middle of the field. Don't allow him to flow over the top of Jalen Hyatt. Once Tyrod hit his back foot, he fired the football to Jalen Hyatt, knowing he had that one-on-one situation. I think Brian Dable, just reading through some of the comments he had, basically all season, but also earlier in the week, is he's trying to ingratiate Jalen Hyatt into being a professional wide receiver. We've seen his snap share rise substantially over the last three weeks. I think the route tree will come with that. But as of right now, I think they just want him to focus on being that vertical threat because when he is out there, they have to respect that speed. And when they don't respect that speed or they just respect that speed with a one-on-one matchup, the Giants are attacking it. That's going to open up the quick passing game that thrived last year. That's going to open up lanes for Saquon Barkley. It's going to keep the defense having two high shells against the New York Giants. And that's the desired outcome of what Brian Dable wants because it opens up so much of what the playbook, what the playbook has to offer. Talk to Nick Filato from Big Blue Banter podcast about and, and Sports Illustrated about the Giants. And the other um, 
The other thing I want to dive into with you is that offensive line. And look, we know Andrew Thomas is one of the better left tackles, uh, offensive linemen in the NFL. He gets hurt the first week of the season, and it just seemed like there was no plan B at backup tackle for the New York Giants. They cut Tyree Phillips before the season starts off the practice squad. He started five games last year, looked competent at least at tackle. And then they put Josh Azudu in there, who they don't even give a snap to at tackle in the... They just play him at guard. They don't give him a snap at tackle in the preseason. And now they put this poor second-year player in there, and, you know, he ends up in tears, and I don't even blame him. He was so terrible. And how much of this is this flawed offensive line situation that to your point is now starting to stabilize adding Tyree Phillips, adding uh, Pew in there, but how much of this game plan going into the season is on front office for poor planning? How much of this do you think is coaching and development? How much of this is play calling? How much of this? I don't know. Is it Daniel Jones not getting the ball away or not not seeing things and picking things up at the line? What is going on that this offensive line until the last game or so has just been abysmal? I think it's a combination of everything you just listed. If we start with the front office, look, sometimes in football you have difficult decisions. There's not one certain thing that you can do that's going to solve all your problems. So the Giants took some calculated risks with their roster management at the 53-man cutdown. And those calculated risks were if something happens to our tackles, we're going to cross-train throughout training camp these guards to play tackles. If something happens to John Michael Smith, we're going to cross-train Shane Lemieux and Ben Bredesen to be our backup center. Well, unfortunately, Murphy's Law has applied to the New York Giants this entire season. Something happened to Andrew Thomas on the first drive, of course, of the season. And then something happened to John Michael Schmitz against the Seattle Seahawks. And the Giants had to play Ben Bredesen at center, and they had to just rotate people in at left tackle. And now they're starting Justin Pugh, a player who tore his ACL last year in week six for the Arizona Cardinals, comes straight off the couch, as he says, and is now starting left tackle. Like That is just an insane reality that the New York <laughs> Giants have found themselves in. A lot of that was due to just calculated risk that just blew up in the New York Giants' face. And when it comes to the development look, I don't want to call Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach of the New York Giants, out because I'm not in the room. I don't know what type of techniques, per se, he is teaching. But the one thing I will say is all the young offensive linemen that the New York Giants have selected over the last couple of years and the ones that even predate this current regime, they haven't developed, Lori. They haven't developed. Like Evan Neal, that is their seventh overall pick. That doesn't look that great right now. He didn't play in this game. All of these young linemen, they have not developed. And if there's somebody that you have to at least say, well, why aren't they developing? you got to look at their positional coach. So that's kind of where my criticism lies for Bobby Johnson. But I'm not in the offensive line room, so I don't really know exactly what they're being taught. And then on the Daniel Jones point, the kid had so much pressure he had to deal with. He did. I think he just got shell-shocked, was was uh, just very uncomfortable in the pocket. And when you're uncomfortable in the pocket, you can't run a rhythmic, timed-based offense like Tyrod Taylor is running right now because he hasn't felt that uncomfortability. So, yeah, some fault may lie on his lap as well, but it's much more collective than just one person to blame. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's collective. I think it is a lot of it, the offensive line, but he clearly, Daniel Jones, got hit so often that he was shell-shocked and then injured. And that does lead us to when Daniel Jones is healthy, it would seem to me 
based on the upside potential and the contract that Daniel Jones should be the starter. And I don't think there's a controversy here, but is that how you, is that how you see it? Or at this point, do you think Tyrod Taylor's running this offense better and you would leave him in there? This is where it gets tricky. See, I'm not, for saying Tyrod Taylor, you're automatically the starter. But I think you have to approach this practice in, practice out. The one thing I'll say is Daniel Jones, you've dealt with this neck injury before. and You had surgery on your neck previously. This is a serious issue that you're dealing with. So if I'm the Giants, like I'm not in that building, I don't know exactly what's going on, but handle this with kid gloves. Take it very slow on your, on your comeback. Because right now you have a player who is playing well. He's, he's executing this offense the way that Brian Dable wants it to be executed, and Dable praised him after the game. Yeah. I wouldn't go as far as to say that there's a quarterback controversy because Tyrod, is, he's a 34-year-old quarterback journeyman yep. who is a consummate professional. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, you just gave him a second contract. You know, Everybody who is in that building wants Daniel Jones to seize this opportunity. I think you just got to wait until he's ready. If you look up to next week, he might be ready, but you got a Jets team coming in that's going to be flying heavy at you. And if you put Daniel Jones in there, and say he stalled out the first half and the Giants don't have many points, can you turn back to Tyrod? Like, what does that look like? I think there's just so many scenarios that the Giants coaching staff and the Giants front office need to kind of play out and look at. But all in all, if he is fully cleared and there's no risk of him being re-injured, I ultimately believe Brian Dable and the Giants are just going to put Daniel Jones back in there. And as Tyrod said after the game, he's going to be completely fine with that because, again, he is a professional. All right, from an X's and O's standpoint, what is Wink Martindale doing that even with Adoree Jackson, the Giants' number one corner, uh, you know, hurt and not playing um, today, the Giants' defense absolutely shut down the Washington Commanders. What is Wink doing with this team? And we talked about the offensive coaching staff. We're, we're not seeing offensive linemen improving. I think we are seeing defensive players improving. We absolutely are. And, Lori, I love talking Wink Martindale X's and O's. Wink Martindale (laughs) against a quarterback like Sam Howell, who has been sacked going into this game 34 times, now has been sacked 40 times, which is leading the league. That is the type of quarterback that, if I'm Sam Howell, I don't want to see Wink Martindale. Wink Martindale is going to do everything to confuse the heck out of your protection packages. And that's what the Giants did. They sent five, six-man pressures. They would send simulated pressures, which is a pressure where you only send four, so you're technically not blitzing, but you don't know what four are coming. It could be a linebacker. It could be a slot corner. It could be anybody who's flying in there, and then Kayvon is dropping off into coverage. And by the time you process that, you're getting hit by Jason Pinnock for a sack. <laughs> so this is what Wink Martindale does. He wastes offensive blockers. There was one sack in this game where the Giants, and they do this all the time, they overload one side of the line of scrimmage. And that forces the offensive protection to half-slide their protection, meaning Nick Gates is going to slide to that way. But what the Giants do is they drop the end man on the line of scrimmage, and then the linebacker who's creeping up to the line, acting like he's going to blitz, they drop them in the coverage, and then they send the blitz from the opposite side, creating either a three-versus-two in the advantage of the Giants or a two-versus-one in advantage of the Giants to the other side, depending on the protection. Usually they send a blitz into the A-gap, so if it is a six-man protection, the running back has to step up into the A-gap, creating that free rusher on the outside. The Giants' defense, when they're able to get into second and long and third and long situations, the sub-packages come out. And that's where you see 19 out there. That's where you see Isaiah Simmons. That's where you see these defensive backs out there, all the speed, three safeties. And that's the exact 
situation that Wink Martindale wants to get the offense in because it allows him to dial up these tricky blitzes. And if I'm an offensive coordinator or an <laughs> offensive line coordinator against Wink Martindale, I'm probably going to be bald because I'm ripping the hair out of my head because it is just a nightmare to plan for and a nightmare to defend against. Talking to Nick Filato from Big Blue Banter Podcast. And by the way, I see a couple of callers. We'll get to you in just a moment. But before I let you go, Nick, I also want to talk about special teams. And I'm confused, unless I'm missing something, and I don't think I am. The Giants, I, I hear what you said that you know front offices obviously have to make difficult decisions with 53-man rosters when you break camp. But it seems to me the Giants broke camp without an actual NFL punt returner on the roster. And and they still don't have one. And I don't understand how you so neglect a a position like that. But am I missing something? Or where is the punt returner on this roster? No, Lord, you're not missing something. And such as the 2023 season has transpired for the New York Giants, another thing kind of blew up in their face, and that was – Trusting a rookie who doesn't really have that much experience returning punts as your punt returner in Eric Ray, a running back who, you know, you want to get him experience, but he's not going to play if Saquon Barkley is healthy. So you have him have a role on special teams. Well, that hasn't worked out with, I think, two muffed punts now, and it just has, he's looked uncomfortable back there. Jamison Crowder, who we saw on the opposite side of the field, mm-hmm. he was in training camp as a New York Giant. The Giants let him walk, which is fine. I understand it. Like you said, cuts, they get difficult, but when Eric Ray muffs it on the first punt, you put Sterling Shepard back. Sterling Shepard doesn't return punts. That's not that's something he necessarily does. And now you have Darius Slayton back there. We remember last year the fiasco putting a Dory Jackson back there. Yeah. I think that was against Detroit. Ends up getting hurt. You lose him for like six games. Just a complete and abject disaster right there. So, if, I mean, if, if I had my um, brothers, I would love to have a real true punt returner that you can rely in, game in, and game out. And if you can add something on as a wide receiver six or something or a cornerback, sure, that's excellent. But the New York Giants, again, took a calculated risk, and it just did not pay off for them. I think for the this week coming up against the Jets, I think it would behoove the Giants to bring somebody, put somebody on the practice squad, call them up for a game, and have somebody who actually can return a punt competently um, against the Jets in what I think will be a, a close game there. So last question then, Jets-Giants, and Jets are favored by three. Certainly their defense we know has been, um, you know, has is very, very strong. Uh, who, who are you giving the edge to in this game? There's still a lot to transpire until uh, next Sunday, but I'll say I think the Giants are going to have fun scheming against Zach Wilson. I think they'll get a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson. They have to contain Brees Hall. They can't allow him to get to the edge because that kid is an explosive, one of the just more fun players to watch. Deontay Banks versus Garrett Wilson, can't wait to watch that. But can the Giants offense muster anything against that Jets defense? And that's where I think it lies. I'm not, I'm not optimistic as a Giants fan, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. But crazier things have happened, and if you can just get a couple breaks on the defensive side of the football, get a couple turnovers, maybe you can find a way to win that football game. Don't like that the Giants have to play the Jets, though, Lori, after a bye week. And I think it's a giant home game, too, which is nothing, which really means nothing for the Giants other than their PSL owners can go to the game. <laughs> yeah, the, I guess you paint the field. Um, all right, Nick Bellotto, co-host of Big Blue Banter podcast. Uh, if you're into X's and O's, he does a great job breaking that down. Nick, thanks so much for the time. Lori, thank you so much for having me. Take care. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 